Nashville, Tennessee native, come Los Angeles implant, Talia Maiden, is a socially conscious recording artist. We can just go Filmmaker and photographer. She has a new music video out called The Prettiest Girl in LA. In a moment, we'll talk about the origins of that project and also find out more about her background as an activist and artist. We must open up our minds and take a look inside. And that we find we hold all the answers tonight. You're watching RXG Exclusives. Talia, it's a pleasure to welcome you to RXG Exclusives. Thank you for being here. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, The Prettiest Girl in L.A. is a fun take on the pressure and inevitable vanity that comes with being a woman in L.A. In the City of Angels, women have impossible physical standards to live up to, and this song sheds a refreshing and also very hilarious take on the issue. Your voice and your melody are beautiful, as are the messages that you're trying to get across. The video is directed by Sundance Award winner Giselle Bonilla. Can you tell me what specifically inspired the project and how you and Giselle came to produce the video? Yeah, if you want to get very specific, um, it was probably about a year and a half ago, or just over a year ago, I was dating a man, as I want to do, and... Um, I explained this story to him that had nothing to do with dogs whatsoever, completely unrelated. And I was like, this will all make sense in a second. Uh, had nothing to do with dogs. And when I wrapped the story, we were sitting across from each other at lunch. And he was like, oh, that's so interesting. You should write a song about that called like the prettiest dog in LA. And I was like, what? what the hell are you talking about? It just sort of washed over me in that moment that this man had never listened to um, a word I had ever said. And I was much more of like an idea to him than I was an actual person. Um, and that birthed the song Pretty Girl in LA. And um, I was talking about it with Giselle and we were expressing how it feels like it might be a lot easier to date um, in LA or maybe date period if we um were lobotomized and we're more like these men that we're more like the women that it seems like the men want us to be which is you know a shell of a person with really no um personal agency and thus the video was born well whether it's the women's march or black lives matter the past few years have shown that when people desire change they band together to demand it me Too Time's Up was instrumental in helping expose the alleged criminal acts of men and women, the most notable being Hollywood titan Harvey Weinstein and disgraced R&B star R. Kelly. When men like myself listen to your song and watch your video, what do you hope we take away from it? You know, my song is about a really small symptom of a much 
bigger and more serious problem. Um, I don't make any claims that this song or this video should necessarily uh, bring you to thoughts of Harvey Weinstein, but I think the only thing to take away from it, if possible, is to make it as, um, I don't know, as personal as possible. If men, if their takeaway was just, I'm going to try harder to look at women as uh, living, breathing, disgusting uh, humans instead of, you know, beautiful objects, then that's enough for me. There's a quote that I just thought of um, by Bataya, and I think the quote, the quote is, um, I only want your love if you know I'm disgusting, and if you don't, I don't want it. I just butchered the quote, but something in that realm. Paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all have insecurities. As an actor and a creative, in my work, I often explore body image and self-esteem, but the expectations and feedback regarding the physical appearance of women is obviously far worse. When you put yourself out there as an artist, as a public figure, some say you're fair game. Do you agree with that? And how do you personally navigate the skin you're in and input from the outside world? Sure, I mean, I think Sure. Yeah, of course I'm fair game. The same way that anyone else is fair game. Um, I, I mean, I'm not in the business of telling people what they should and shouldn't say, but um, whether or not you have something negative to say about the way I look or the way anyone looks, that's just up to you and your moral code. But um, no, I wouldn't die on the hill that you can't be mean to me. <laughs> sure, you want to be mean to me. That's between you and your God, I guess. I'm going to piggyback off of that just a little bit because I know that many artists sometimes fire back on social media. I don't know, I don't think you're one of those people, but uh, they tend to fire back when they feel that they're, when they feel that there's no body positivity going on. At the end of the day, even if we're artists, even if we're public figures, we're still people and we have feelings. So how do you cope with that? If people are saying things about your body that you don't necessarily identify with. Yeah. Um, let's see. How do I cope with that? As I get older, I'm a lot more comfortable with realizing that people saying negative things about something as trite as my body um, are really not a force that I need to reckon with. Um, not to say that I'm above um, responding or copying back or even being a bit bitchy in return, but um, I, it's so uninteresting to me. I got to say it like, and I feel, I do, I really feel bad. I know that's such a cliche, but I feel really bad for people that um, comment on other people's physical appearance in a negative way because it, it's such a, it's a bad sign about what they have going on inside and how they feel about themselves. Absolutely. Now, your work as an artist also includes a prolific and poignant body of musical, photography, and filmmaking projects that centers on politics, masculinity, abuse, activism, and much, much more. When you sit down to create, I'm sure you're inspired by many things, but what is your writing and production process like? How do you take it from 
your mind to the page to the stage, so to speak? Okay, so it really depends based on the medium that I'm working with. But if I'm if I'm writing a song, um, I'm not one of those very disciplined songwriters that sits down like you're supposed to every day and you know toils around on the guitar until something comes out. Um, unfortunately, that's not my MO. But um, I get a lot of ideas throughout the day, usually when I'm driving or commuting or in the shower. And I make sure to jot down a line or two at a time in, uh, in my notes. And then I keep that pretty, um, pretty just pressed down in there until I can't hold it anymore. And then I usually have nights where I'm like, if I don't spit this song out, I think I'm gonna die. And then I sit down with my guitar and I can usually just blurt it out in like an hour. And I've seen you in a music video playing the piano, you play the guitar. How many instruments do you play? That's it. Piano and guitar, and I'm not very good at either, for what it's worth. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Thank you. Among your service to others was teaching incarcerated men how to shoot film and photography. Tell me how this opportunity came about and what kind of impact it made on your life. Um, so that was when I was in college at the University of Michigan. There was a partnership with the Prison Creative Arts Project. Um, and I got really lucky. Um, I knew it was something that I wanted to do, so I applied and was lucky enough to be selected to do it. And um, it wasn't just me. There was a class of other people that uh, I taught alongside. And yeah, so we went into the facility, the prison, about uh, three days a week, and we taught photo and creative writing to incarcerated men of various levels. So in prisons, there's like levels of security pretty much, one through five. Um, one is considered, I don't want to say the most lenient, but you have a lot more freedom than someone that's at a five, which is typically like psych. Um, so there are levels one through four. And we all just gathered in a room and shot portraits. It was great. Was that something that you had any misgivings about beforehand or were you really excited to jump in? Um, I was excited. I was also scared. I, you know, I didn't want to put myself in a situation that was unsafe. And also, you know, it's a men's prison. I was a young woman. I am a young woman. And I went into it sort of knowing that I, I might have eyes on me in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, and that's not unfounded. I think, you know, that's just survival instinct and it's a reality of the situation. Um, But, I mean, that's all I have to say. There was a little of that, sure, but also all that ends well. Now, the last few years in particular have been very perilous for a number of reasons. How do you manage to keep the faith? I think there was a phase in the last, I, I want to say this correctly, so maybe I'll talk slowly, but I think there was a phase in the last two years um, where we were so overwhelmed and everyone's instinct, and it felt like not only our instinct, but our responsibility was to think very globally um, and to be aware of every single fight that needed to be fought at any given second. And there's value in that. And, there's, and without people that can do that well, um, we'd be in a lot of trouble. However, I have found that 
I can gain a lot of ground in becoming the person that I want to be and creating the world that I want to live in by trying to think a lot more personally and engaging with the world that I live in, the people around me. Um, that doesn't mean that I try to shut down. I, I don't want to put blinders on, um, but... By trying to make a positive difference in the world immediate to me, I have found myself more hopeful than I was when I wanted to fight every single fight in every single state and every single country. Interesting. And Talia, you began your life in Tennessee. How did you go from Tennessee to Los Angeles? And when did the dream happen? When did you say, you know, I've got some talent. I think I really want to do this, this music thing. I gotta say, I don't think the dream has happened yet. Um, but, or I guess the dream hasn't come to fruition yet, but I've been dreaming since I was, since as long as I can remember, I've always sang and I've always had that sick disease where like, I want to be, I want to be a star. Like I want to be, I wanted to be famous. I don't know if I still have that same mentality, but um, music has always has always been my number one dream. And I've been singing since I was a baby. I've been writing since I was 12. It'll just always be so core to me. And did you have loved ones that, that helped champion your dream and, and maybe still are? Yeah, my parents uh, are very supportive. I have two sisters who are very supportive. Um, none of them are musicians, but, um, you know, they'll do what they have to do. They'll put my song on repeat on Spotify. They'll get those plays up. So yeah, I'm very lucky in that way. And I know this might be a tough question, but are there any particular artists out there who inspire you a great deal? Yeah. Um, my number one inspiration is always John Prine, um, who is a country folk singer who passed away during COVID, um, which was devastating, but he is always, to me, the gold standard of songwriting. Um, and then I've got to say, I'm a girl's girl. I'm Taylor Swift through and through. I'm the Dixie Chicks. I'm Casey Musgraves. Um, all of that is, is really inspirational to me. And would you say that your particular genre of music is country, country pop? Because the, the music I've heard of yours, I, I hear a lot of different influences there. Yeah, um, so I'm trying to reclaim the word country. I think it's a really bad rap. Um, do I think that my country is, you might hear it next to a Luke Bryan song? No. Um, but since I think at the core of everything I write, there is that John Prine songwriter influence. I'm sticking with country, calling it country for now. Um, but again, to, to me, I just call it anything that I write on guitar country, which is probably not correct. But country pop, the alternative, whatever you want to call it. And Talia, do you think that musicians or artists in general should reflect the times that we're in? Is it our mission as artists to make sure that our work says something? No, actually, I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that it's our, our mission or our duty to make grand statements about the state of the world, actually. Um, I'm so grateful that there are artists who are so excellent at that and um, 
and I hope they can do. We need them. We need those artists. But I also think there is plenty of space for artists who, um, who their art is just writing their little songs about what they did that day. If it was going to the grocery store or having a crush, I think that is just as vital um, as anything else. And I think oh, I'll, I'll leave it there. I think that's vital as well. Because I, I don't think I've seen any of your work that doesn't have something to say, but it's still entertaining and, and sometimes very funny at the same time. Um, that comes very naturally to me. I think a lot about uh, my experience as a woman, which is unfortunately inherently political. Um, so that, that comes naturally, I gotta say. Just circling back to the music video, how long did it take you to shoot it? And what was that like? I, I'm assuming you shot it during the pandemic. So what was that process like? So we shot the project over the course of only two days, which is wow, lightning fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we shot it in, I want to say April. And so we were all vaccinated by then, um, which was such a blessing. So we weren't that weighed down by um, COVID restrictions. The crew was very small and all vaccinated. And it was so fun. We had so much fun. Giselle is a bona fide genius. Um, our friend Alex Haas shot it and it was very run and gun, very DIY um, and just such a treat. I feel like I'm so lucky to have gotten in on the ground floor with Giselle. Met her when I did because she's just going straight to the top. Well, what's next for Talia Maiden and how can people support you and your art? I have a lot of songs coming through the pipes. I've been writing a lot. Um, and I think since I've released Prettiest Girl in LA, I've, I've developed a lot as a songwriter and I'm really excited for people to hear it. And you could find me at Talia Maiden on Instagram um, and you could stream me wherever you listen to music. Recording artist and filmmaker Talia Maiden's official website is taliamaiden.com. Thank you again, Talia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you for watching RXG Exclusives. I'm Robert X. Goffin. Until next time. Make sure to like, comment, and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel so you never miss out. RXG Exclusives, hosted by Robert X. Golfin, now playing.